You are listening to Zoom, the retro comic book show. Welcome to Zoom. I'm your host, Timmy Zoom. This episode, I have a guest, Josh Hadley. I told you that Josh and I are going to do a new Zoom podcast. In addition, you know, this is not the Zoom podcast. This is Zoom Network, where I have a few shows, Bad Comics, Spotlight, Doom versus Howard the Duck, but the official Doom show will be on the Jackalope Network. I'll let you know when it comes out. Until then, here's uh, some leftover audio from another show that we did that we're not going to use on that show. So, hey, you can get a little teaser of what's to come on the monthly Doom show on Jackalope. Uh, We start off this episode talking about. uh, Yeah, what were we talking? Oh, the Punisher. The, episode, the issues where the Punisher was a black guy and he teamed up with Luke Cage. And it was just like, oh my god. That's how you're ending this pretty cool storyline up to this point? Yeah, that sounds that sounds bad. It was, but, but the first like five issues, it was like a six, seven or eight issue story. The first five issues were pretty decent. Well, I believe and then he just wasn't went off the fucking rails. He wasn't black. From what you're saying, he wasn't black in those first four or five issues. No, he he wasn't. He didn't become black until he had to, you know, change his appearance to get away from everybody. And then he wound up with Luke Cage, and it was just like, oh, this is stupid. This yeah, is I, really stupid. I didn't see um, this movie, but was Punisher Warzone good? Did you see it? I saw it. It's. I want to see it. It's good and bad. Really. Okay, it's much, you know, it, it doesn't follow the continuity whatsoever of the Thomas Jane Punisher. Oh, it's no, wait, no. another starting over again. Yeah. It's really violent. Yeah, that's what. But it's unintentionally comical. Because, like, the stuff with the Punisher is all dead serious. The stuff with Jigsaw is so ridiculously clownishly over the top, it's almost like they're in two separate movies. Okay, well, I, I and a lot of CGI violence too, which really pissed me off. Oh, really? CGI blood too? Not not just CGI blood. Frank actually punches a guy's face so hard it, the skull caves in, which is obvious CGI. He blows a skateboarder up. That's you know the, the guy's a killer, but a kid on a skateboard he blows up with a rocket launcher. That's bad <laughs> CGI. It's it's full of CG, which really pissed me off. Okay, all right. So you I'm do get to see. Are you a Dexter fan? Yeah, well, I only seen the first two seasons, but I like I like it. Yes. Okay, remember Julie Benz, Dexter's wife, uh, yeah. girlfriend, and the first Girl- two that you saw. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the two kids, yes. Yeah, she is the 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 like the the one that the, the person that Frank is trying to save in the war zone, and she's got she's a brunette, and she just looks amazing. Okay, I'll look out for her, and I like her as an actress too on that show. So, all right, cool. So I will. Yeah, Warzone is it, it's worth it for a sit through, but don't get your hopes up. It's it, it'll be it's disappointing. It's just better than the Thomas Jane train wreck or the Dolph Lundgren train wreck. So you agree that Thomas Jane was bad because I didn't like it either. There were too many inconsistencies, but people always they you know they always get behind. Oh, I love that! I love that story in Thomas Jane. He was he is the Punisher because he recently did a short. Uh, uh, a mini short. Dirty Laundry. Yeah, that one. And people, he's the Punisher. I can't wait. I'm like, uh, I didn't like his but, Punisher. But here's, the, but here's the thing. I hated that movie. I thought Thomas Jane is pretty right on for the part, though. 
Well, it's just like, to me, he's like a version of the Punisher, like, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played Wolverine, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Like, he's a handsome movie star, you know, iron jawed, or what you call it, lantern jawed, Wolverine, handsome. Wolverine's supposed to be pretty. <laughs> we like Hugh Jackman because he's a, he's like a hero. He's what a hero should look like on film. But you know, Wolverine's supposed to be a little short run, and Punisher's supposed to be a big, ugly bruiser, like the guy who's playing him in, in Warzone. I like, how that to me that's what Punisher should look like, but Thomas Jane is kind of a a sensitive looking Punisher. I don't, he looks like a you know he looks like a movie star too much for me. But the one scene, the fight scene, was good in that movie, which is from the comic. I understand it's from the Garth Ennis comics. But, but, but see, like the thing I like about the Thomas Jane one is he seems to get. I mean Thomas Jane as the character. I mean he seems to get the character right. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a fanboy because I've seen him a bunch of times at Long Beach Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con. He owns was, his own comic company, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, that's what he was doing at San Diego Comic Con. And I was mad because Bruce Jones was there, and and they they were re- supposed to relaunch Twisted Tales, but I haven't seen really? it. Really? But that was not know that. I oh, that, I fucking love I love that Bruce was in Jones 2010, shit. and I haven't seen the, a new Twisted Tales from them. Uh, whatever their comic is called, Bride Street Comics, whatever their comic. But Bruce. Jones was up there on the panel, and he didn't get a chance to talk, but John Thomas Jane was talking, like, for the full hour, just nonstop. And I'm He's like, probably I, drunk. He, he is a drunk. I can't stand that guy because of that. But he's very accessible every time i seen him. And he showed his movie that he did. It's like a – you might dig the movie. It's like a Twilight Zone type of movie. It's like an hour and a half long, but it's these people – this husband and wife driving out in a, in the desert and I forgot the name of them, but it's like, I heard of it. I think I, I think I might even have seen the trailer for that. He's a good director cause it looked, the movie looked good and it was done on a low budget. So he was there and it was in 3d. And so it was cool. He was there for the screen of that. He's always at comic con. So yeah, he's, he's a fanboy and he's accessible. You can go up and talk to him, you know, but, but as, well, you know what I want to see? I want to see them make a hard, Hard R Punisher movie set in 1978 against the backdrop of 42nd Street. That's the Punisher movie I want to see, damn it. And they supposedly were going to do that. Somebody, I forgot who the director was, who, who pitched a daredevil like that. that was uh, it's, it's that guy that's doing, that's doing that uh, Mortal Kombat, really dark Mortal Kombat web series. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name, but but it's the guy that's doing that. Yeah, he wanted a, a dark, hard R seventies Daredevil movie, and I'm not a big Daredevil fan, but yeah, that I'd I'd, I'd get behind. Okay, so you don't mind kind of a retro look movies like a Hobo with a Shotgun that I shot today, but look like the seventies had the feel of the early eighties seventies. Well, well, because like something like The Punisher. You have to make him a Vietnam veteran. Yes, Making him yes. an Afghan vet does not bring out the same character traits that a Nam vet did. He no, has that, to be yeah. a Nam veteran, and today he, that would make him too old to set it today. So you've got to set it in the early 80s to mid-80s to make him the right age. They, they still got him in the comic books like he's from, he's from Vietnam, so he's supposed to be in his late 50s, 60s. In, in Marvel, 
Yeah, because like even during Civil War, he had that flashback where he met Captain yep. America during Nam. Remember? Yep. yep, it was the other. I think it was the other uh, Captain America after Steve, while Steve Rogers was still frozen or something. Because <laughs> there was another Captain America in the fifties, but I don't know. I don't no, know no, if- no, 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 no. This was the same one because it was the plot point that he remembered Captain America, but Cap didn't remember him. And okay. then remember Cap. Cap punched him out after he shot those supervillains yeah. that were trying yeah. to uh, join the resistance. And that was so funny. He, they were just talking to him, and the next thing, they got shot dead. And Captain yeah, America Frank just ass. plows into him with the fucking Uzis. <laughs> but he's supposed to be, yeah, probably in his 50s and 60s, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, you're right. He fits better as Vietnam era. And the, how great would it have been if they did stuff like this in the 70s, like they made a Punisher movie in the 70s? Because all those comics were popular then, but... I guess they didn't want to do anything. Well, actually, they did have it. Death Wish is basically the Punisher. You know, Punisher probably came from Death Wish and Dirty Harry. Yeah, yeah, because I was going to say Death Wish was based on a novel, which was written like four years before the Punisher ever appeared. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So the movie maybe, but but the novel it's based on came out way earlier. Oh, oh no, but I wasn't saying that Death Wish was a ripoff of Punisher. Punisher probably was influenced by Death Wish. But I'm saying it would have been redundant. There was no need to do a, a Punisher movie since I guess they had Charles Bronson and and Clint Eastwood doing movies like that already. So, but uh, but yeah, that's why he fits. Like you said, that's exactly why he fits in the '70s or even the '80s um, because that was the vigilante years. <laughs> or if you will, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but The Exterminator, 1980s, The Exterminator is very Punisher-esque. I wish I never. I wish I. I mean, I wish I had seen that movie. I should because I used to watch Grindhouse movies on VHS in the '80s, but that was one that skipped me. And I, I might it's on Blu-ray right now. I mean, it's where? It's on Blu-ray now. Terminator is on Blu-ray now. It's got extras and everything. I probably can get it on YouTube because you know YouTube. They have all these cool movies. They got scanners and everything on YouTube. Like the whole movie, not even in parts. Just the whole movie, one the hour and. Yeah, I don't. I don't like watching movies on YouTube. What? Not my. They don't because cut the movie. I don't like the. You know, if I want to watch a movie, I want to watch the DVD. Oh, on your television. Yeah, if I have to, like, if it's something I don't want to burn on DVD, I'll throw it on a flash drive and watch it through my Xbox. Okay, but yeah, me, I'm not. My screen is good. I just do it full screen and I'll, I'll watch it. And I'm watching some movies from the 80s and 90s that I <laughs> that I had to catch up on, like uh, that the dude who did uh, that was Mike, Michael T. I mean R- Michael Rooker's movie in the 80s, the serial killer Henry Henry Portrait of a Serial yeah, Killer. The guy who directed that he did a movie in the early John 90s. McNaughton. Yeah, th- this movie about the head hunter or something. What was that movie called? About this alien uh, who steals people's heads. Oh, I know what movie you're talking about, but I, the title is escaping. I don't know me. why the title is escaping because I just saw uh, it. I, think I, it's I, I, I know what movie you're talking about. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I remember that that pit, that cover, that poster, whatever, was all over the horror and sci-fi magazines. When yeah, I, I remember on uh, Fangor when it came in the early '90s. I remember seeing that, and they were making a big thing about it. And I never saw the movie until this year. The Borrower is that it? That's it, The Borrower. And okay, I'm like, yeah. And the guy who played, um, and you remember his name because you just said his name, who played the character, the the brother, the friend character to Henry uh, in the movie who got stabbed in the eye with a pencil. <laughs> by Tom Tolles. Yeah, he was in, he was in The Borrower. So that that's a good one, good thing. He was in it, and um, 
Well, he's he's been in almost everything John McNaughton's done. Even when John McNaughton directed an NYPD Blue episode, Tom Tolles was in it. John McNaughton directed the pilot of Push Nevada, Tom Tolles was in it. He always cast Tom Tolles and stuff. Okay, cool. I got to watch more of, of his stuff because I thought Henry, you know, serial killer was good, but Brower was only okay. It wasn't even it wasn't that good, but it's something. About, <laughs> but there was. Did you see the Masters of Horror episode he did? No, and I have a couple of them. Which one did he do? Uh, the title's the, escaping me, but it was the season one finale because they didn't show the Tasha Hakimiki episode. It's the one written by Clive Barker where this chick is, uh, uh, she's like a voodoo priestess who keeps resurrecting, uh, dead guys in the cemetery so she can fuck them and one of them gets her pregnant and she has a, a, a like, live death baby at the end and it's fucked up. <laughs> I got it. Okay, I definitely written by see Clive that. Barker, directed by John McNaughton. <laughs> yeah, I got to see that one. It, it was you... the season one finale because Showtime refused to air the Tashahashi, Takahashi Miki episode. So it's only on DVD. The Miki, the Tasha. Yeah, yeah. The, the Tashahashi Takahashi Miki episode you can only get on DVD because okay. Showtime never aired that one. It was I, too I, too graphic. <laughs> I still haven't seen Ichi. I have Ichi the Killer on DV. I was like rummaging the house trying to find this. I gotta watch that, and and I want to see that episode of of the Masters of Horror, which uh, and my boy Don is a Corcelli who did a uh, Phantasm. He did one of those Masters of Horror, and I have I have a couple of of those here, but I don't have the one that Don Coscarelli did. did. What what turned out to be the first episode, Incident on. Incident on uh, uh, Valley Road or something like that. It's actually pretty good in the plot twist at the end. Maybe you'll see it coming. I gotta admit, I didn't. Okay, then now because I have that's one of the ones I have here. I have like two of those on DVD here, so I'll, I'll check I'll check that out. Because I did you see if you like Coscarelli stuff? Did you see John dies at the end? No, and I wanted to read the book. Before I seen the movie, because I got like a bunch of free movies here. The movie's great. I absolutely loved John Dies at the end. Okay, all right. Okay, yeah, loved I, it. Yeah, but because I remember you saying that, that's why I said, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna either read the book first, or if I get a hold of the movie somehow free, or if I get Netflix again and it comes on Netflix, then I'll I'll see it because I was tight with my money, but right now, but." I do want that's one of the ones I want to see based on your recommendation, and a lot of people are saying that movie is good. It is. It's really unpredictable. It's legitimately funny. It's one of the most inventive movies I'd seen in a long time. You ain't gonna see see any new movies. How are you like the new comic book movies? You don't care about Iron Man or The Door or any of that stuff, huh? No, no. I mean, my wife and I are gonna go see Star Trek in two weeks when that comes out, but that's just because we're Trekkies. I don't give a shit about the Marvel movies or anything <laughs> crap. Oh man, but you gonna see Star Trek? And uh, what was the other movie that that I was just about to ask you about? Oh, the because I don't know if you mentioned it, uh, and I won't keep you long. I just want to ask you about Cabin in the Woods. Did you? See? Oh fuck that! Oh, that's shit. why that's you hate oh, weed. What the hell? Do you <laughs> Sorry, I forgot it was a Whedon movie. I forget these things, even though it seemed like. Forget fuck that, Josh Whedon motherfucker. <laughs> Come on, man. He's a whore. He's a he's a whore fan, and I can't believe you don't like. Uh, which I'm calling, it? and I'm damn I'm forgetting everybody's name. <laughs> Lollipop Chainsaw. Fuck you know? that. J- James Gunn is a fucking hack. James Gunn came from trauma. James Gunn, he's doing. He did Slither with. 
is well, very okay. well directed. I, I, didn't, I didn't like Slither to begin with. The Scooby-Doo movies, come on. Do I even need to point out why those are bad? Fucking Lollipop Chainsaw, his idea of characterization is going, motherfucking fucking piece of motherfucking fucking 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 fuck. There, see, I'm complicated. I mean, Christ, all that game is is people swearing nonstop and violence, and he's going, it's got a deep story. Fuck you, James Gunn. Fuck you. That Yeah, that looks dumb. That's a video game, though. That looks stupid to me, but... but Slither, I thought, was very well directed. It had Michael Rooker in it, too. And uh, also, which we call it, after that, Super was good. Some people said Super was better than Kick-Ass. I don't agree with that. But I thought they were both original film, like original voices. In, I mean, original or stories that weren't, you know, the same beats as every other movie. And I thought you might not like it, Slither, just because it had the CG, obvious CGI stuff in there. But I okay, I didn't see Super, but Jowski did, and he hated it. He was just fuck this, fuck this. This movie's fucking terrible. I wonder why he didn't. After that recommendation and my not liking James Gunn to begin with, there's no way I'm watching that. I can't believe you don't like. He came from the school of your boy. (laughs) He has these roots. He has the same roots we got. He's our age. I don't understand what you, 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 but you, before you said you respect him, that you like I respect, him. I respect him having come from everything he did and doing everything himself. I just don't like, think he's a good writer at all. That's why it's ironical that you respect him, but you hate his movies and you hate Quentin Tarantino, but you kind of like some of his movies. And that's, uh, Two. that's why I think that's his funny. <laughs> did, unless you count four rooms, which would be like a quarter of a movie. Yeah, I like that. Well, yeah, I like that. See, I like all his stuff in the 90s, including Four Rooms, but starting that in the 2000s, to Kill Bill, to me, everything was lesser, you know, until Django Unchained. I like Django. And I, like, see, I, like, I, I thought it was okay at best. But, like, you know, like the thing with Whedon, you know, my, my friend and business partner, Hank, worked. He did the special effects for fucking Buffy the movie, and he said Whedon was an arrogant jerk even back then. <laughs> Well, he was a he was a young kid then. He was doing his first movie, so he probably thought he was the shit. He thought he thought he was the man. Of course, you know, of course, you're gonna have an ego if you like. Probably he probably was in his twenties. Like, yeah, that might, I'm making a movie. So, I mean, his ego probably came down a little bit. Even though that article that I that I gave to you on Facebook, I thought was funny. Like he called Prometheus pro meaningless, <laughs> and then he did just like you said. He made excuses. For that, why he's yeah, well. it's never his fault. Why? Why? But he why, didn't why direct that movie, Josh. You know that the director is the author of a story. That if you write a script, that the director can change everything around. That's why Quentin Tarantino stopped working with Oliver Stone because he said he. Oh he, fuck that! I do. I don't buy the auteur theory at all. I don't buy the auteur the theory. The script is just yes. a script. The, the director can can change can change the whole tone of the story. You know, yeah, yeah, they can. And in cases like fucking Whedon, you read the script for Alien Resurrection. It's exactly what he fucking wrote. And then he's going, oh, man, but it's not. They changed everything. No, it's your shitty fucking script. Your shitty dialogue with your shitty one dimensional characters and your shitty ass ideas. Well, what do you think? What he said? If you I don't know if you even read the article I sent you where he said it wasn't. Huh? 
You didn't, yeah, I read the article you said. He said, or that part where he said it was the actors, and he said, oh, they chose type actors who give it away, like, you know that this guy is a bad guy, he played movies and all, bad guys in all his movies, but the character was supposed to be a twist, the audience wasn't supposed to know, but when you see this guy, uh, Brad Dorf, when you see Brad Dorf, you know that he's the sleazy guy who's got something up his sleeve. And it's like, that ruins it. That You're not supposed to hire him. I love, you know, he said, I love his acting, but that's, and I thought that was interesting where he blamed the casting choices on, you know, on the way, the why the movie didn't work because it gives away. He, he always blames everybody for everything. <laughs> he always blames everyone for everything, even like Buffy. Because, like I said, I had a friend that worked there. He's, you know, he, Whedon was behind Buffy 100%. He, he was behind the director, everything until the reviews came out and the critics started savaging it. Then it was, oh, I would have done this differently. I would have done that. I would have done that. Who's executive <laughs> producer? He just he cannot accept the fact that that critics don't might not like something he did. But he once is such he got a his... whore for, for being accepted. He probably loves his fans. They worship him. But once he does, we admit once he gets his hands on something like the Buffy TV series and it's all his, the mold, it, the fans end up loving it and say it's great, you know, like that Firefly and, and some, some of the stuff he's directed, they, you know, they love it and then he, you know, he doesn't have any complaints. But when somebody else directs and he's not the main guy, you know, the main executive producer, then he, and he said, oh, it's their fault <laughs> when it fails. But. Yeah. And I'm just I'm sick of that shit from him. I, I just we you never liked him. Off. You never liked him then. No, he he's always just pissed me the fuck off. And he has this arrogant tone to him. And I, and I know it's ironic coming from me, but I can't stand arrogance. <laughs> well, I haven't seen a lot of interviews, so I didn't know about that. But I I didn't like him either because I thought Buffy and Angel was overrated by his fans, but. Uh, and I remember when I first came here in front of Warner Brothers, there was like 10 people. It was like 2003, 2004. They were no, about 20 people picketing outside Warner Brothers. Don't dump Angel. Don't dump Angel. But, and I was like, I don't, I don't understand. I thought he was overrated, but I'm starting to like him because of, of the Cabin movie and Avengers. I'm starting to like him now, you know, because of that. Well, you, you so I'm not a you also got to realize that he just his dialogue. He always goes, "Oh, it, it's you know, it's it's unique dialogue." Like when I was watching the pilot for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'm going, "This is terrible. This dialogue is so brutally forced." Yeah. Like at one point, a vampire, you know, he gets knocked down a hole and he springs back up, you know, like they always do, and then all of a sudden he goes, "Oh, well, that didn't work. I'll be right back," and he falls back down, and I'm going. Who the fuck talks like that? That's not realistic dialogue. That's fucking terrible. And yet every friend of mine, oh, my God, that was so funny. <laughs> oh, no, you're an idiot. To me, it's like he's trying to be like Peter David, comic book writer, like try to infuse a little humor and pop culture into things. and so have Peter a, David did it well. Yeah. yeah. He did. You, ever read, you ever read Peter David's run on Dreadstar? No, no. Fucking great! I mean, that that shit was so legitimately witty and funny. 
that's another one I wish I had read in the 80s, but my cheap ass <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't get it. But I have the first, he didn't read, he didn't write like the first issues then, did he? Cause I have like, this. no, no, uh, J- Jim Starlin did like one through 40. Yeah, and then af- after the Luke McDonald era where Luke McDonald was drawing it, it was a dark fucking storyline. Uh, Dreadstar and a few of the surviving, uh, crew members took off for another galaxy and then first comics grabbed it. And Peter David took over as writer with Jim Starlin still having, you know, veto power. So everything that was in that, even that was Peter David's characters at this point, and by the end of the series, Banth and Willow were about the only remaining, you know, Jim Starlin characters. So it was Peter David's vehicle, but nothing that Jim Starlin didn't sign off on. And it was great. Okay, I love Peter David only because the Marvel stuff I read in some other things that he's written all since. All the stuff he wrote was so good. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I read all through the late 80s and, and 90s. <laughs> so, I, yeah, he's, oh, man, I love that. It's so that I, amazing run where Dale Keown was drawing it. Yeah, now, well, yeah, he, yeah, okay, well, that's the stuff where he was um in the mountain with the, the Pantheon and all them. Yes, with the Pantheon. I loved the Pantheon stuff. And Rick Jones is uh, where he... Married Margot and she was, yeah, and then she got out. killed by Rick's insane mom. <laughs> okay, that issue I didn't get to, but yeah, in the Trojan War and all this stuff, stuff. Yeah, I love all that stuff. I like that era and, and stuff in the eighties too, and especially his Peter Parker stuff. But anything that he writes in his She-Hulk now, or that he did in his X Factor, I love all that stuff. X Factor is coming to an end. So is he X Factor? I remember when he took that over and. I was excited because I went, oh, Peter David, awesome. I, I like his work. And then, first of all, I hated the artist. I can't remember who it was, but I just, just I think what, that's when Jay Lee in the was in the 90s? Playing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I thought the writing was fine. It was really witty. I couldn't stand the art. And then, to make matters even worse, was the fact that, for whatever reason, he decided Strong Guy was going to be with the main character of X Factor. <laughs> and I hated that character. <laughs> I hated Strong Guy. And and he just, I mean, it's like Peter David fell in love with this character because he was the main character in every single storyline. And I'm like, I fucking hate this character. Damn it. And the current expert is uh, Jamie Madrox is who he pays attention to. Uh, oh, so, man. Star, I mean, Strong Guy is in the back now, which, yeah, and I didn't read a lot of his 90s X-Factor uh, some of his, some of the really good ones, I, I think they were his. I can't remember, but it, it's when X Factor was going through a transition. The team was Havoc, who had his powers were all wonky, so he had to have like some chip implanted in his brain so he wouldn't like just freak out and fry people. So his powers were really depowered. But it was Havoc, um, Mystique. Wild Child from Alpha Flight. Yeah, he's Wolverine. Um, Forge. And a couple of other characters. And I'm like, this was a pretty good run. Because Polaris, I remember Polaris. Was yeah, that was going to say his wife. You know, wherever he goes, she goes. So, yeah, yeah. But it was really cool having Mystique on the team because she was a fucking terrorist who was placed there by S.H.I.E.L.D. because... She, she like gave up some deal where she wouldn't go up and, you know, she'd sell out like the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and not go to prison, but they didn't want to just let her go 
So Forge implanted like an, a bomb in her brain where she was forced to work for X Factor. So it was this great. She didn't want to be there. She doesn't trust these people and they don't trust her, but she can't leave. It was a really cool place for her character to be. And that's good, but I just, well, okay, that, that fits because of the bomb in her brain, but I don't like when characters like Sabretooth, who was kind of like her, he, they're evil, they done killed <laughs> hundreds of people, and he, he, there's been times where he comes to the X-Men and he's kind of good. And I'm like, he can't be an anti-hero now because he's killed women in the street, he's been a serial they killer. They pulled the same shit with Venom, remember when they turned him into a fucking hero? Yeah, yeah. That's but, no. Venom's eating babies in the comic. I don't wait, he, see how I'm pulling for him as a character. Yeah, he did eat a baby then. Yes, he did. And it's like, I'm sorry. You can't go back from that. I can't you can't make that character a hero. Yeah, you can't and the same thing with Magneto. It's like he tried to commit genocide. Magneto He tried no, he tried to commit genocide. When Magneto turned good and started running the new mutants in the eighties I thought I thought it, his character really did work as a good guy. You bought his conversion and his his real attempt at repentance. But he did try to kill the whole human race. That's why <laughs> the whole that's the problem though. He did do that. He tried it and, and failed. Now he you know now oh he and but, but Xavier, he's genuinely trying to repent at that point. And speaking of Peter David. The one thing I had to ask you: Did you see in any of the, his transfers? His transfers four? Because I haven't seen any transfers of the transfers five. Are fucking terrible, man. Okay, all right, because he's the one who wrote. I think he yeah, wrote, he both, wrote of those. both of those. I remember reading that in his book. Yeah, though transfers four and five are fucking awful. <laughs> but he got to travel to Europe, Romania. <laughs> they were shot they? in Romania. Who the fuck oh. wants to go to Romania? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, Especially in the 90s. That's true. I don't know what was going on in Romania in the 90s, but... The, 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 they had a government coup and their economy completely collapsed. <laughs> so who the fuck wants to go to Romania in the 90s? Well, cause that's why they were able to shoot... That's why Charles Band was able to shoot so many movies there. Because they needed the American dollars. <laughs> wow. Well, well, I ain't going to get into it. There's another movie I just saw recently that shot in this little European city, I don't know where, with uh, Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez, but it was it's a whole movie, it's a chase scene. To me, it's bad, but I, I was like, I know they shot in there because it was cheap to shoot a whole chase scene through a city for an hour and a half of just car driving like um, Dukes of Hazzard. Have you ever seen that, the fucking Bruce Campbell, Man with the Screaming Brain? The whole movie's shot in Bulgaria. <laughs> Who the fuck shoots a movie in Bulgaria? And then you have one or two this probably could be a good movie topic and one or two Americans and everybody else is, you know, European in a European city. Yeah. And then the yeah. same thing like like with Blade too, but you Blade do it was more it, they they pulled it off better. There's a lot of American actors. Well but but I mean even the Italians used to do that in the seventies. Remember how, how you'd get like George Lazenby or or Fred Williamson in your movie, you'd get both of them and then the rest of the cast is all Italians and you're you're shooting in Sicily. Yeah. Cobra, Cobra 1, 2, and 3. I got that. Black Cobra, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that movie. Oh, I, I remember seeing that in the yeah. 80s. It was so bad. I have to look back and see if it was as bad as I remember. I mean, it was just almost shot and shitty looking in the way, the way the, the action scenes were choreographed. It was, I'm like, this is those fucking low budget. Even like 
Fred Williamson looked cheap. Like uh, the clothes he was wearing looked cheap. I'm like he was all old. I mean, he looked better in Doctor Dust Till Dawn than he did in those Black Cobra movies. I'm mm-hmm. like, this, God damn, those are some low budget. Mo-. And then there's the dubbing and all that bullshit. So yeah, man, it's been there was something else. Well, yeah, that's but that could be a subject like movies where you know you have the American actor, but you know that they shot in these other countries for cheap. Because it was cheap, and you can tell that. Yeah, usually you can tell. <laughs> like with the Blade pulled it off, and Hellboy pulled it off. Um, yeah, see, I didn't see any of the Hellboy movies. Never liked the character in the comics. I don't like Mike Magnolia's art. Oh, I hate Mike Magnolia. <laughs> you know, I got to, I got to take off him. I got to go to the okay, bathroom real okay. bad. <laughs> All right, that's that show. Um, listen, I'll let you know when the Zoom monthly podcast drops on jackalope i don't want to call it doom monthly because it sounds like a woman's period or something i don't know i i just say the doom show i think of some other way to separate that from these doom shows that you find on the network it doesn't matter anyway because once the monthly doom show hits jackalope i'm going to let you know i'm also going to put a link of it on the doom website doomcast.blogspot.com Check that site out and join Doom's Facebook. Uh, Until next time, peace!